Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the your company name here studios in Cape Coral, Florida. It's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up? What's up? What's up? OG Five. It's another Tuesday, but we've been gone for quite a while because it's been a hectic, crazy life around here. And well, I just haven't had time for you. I apologize. Ah, uh, see. He just don't got time for you. Joining us from Las Vegas, Nevada, as always, is Gordon Abernathy. And joining us across the river known as the Loose and Snatchy, the one and only Mike, no use for a last name. Mike, how are you doing, sir? Wonderful. How's it going, guys? It's getting better. A um, little house cleaning, a little catch up, a little where the fuck have you been for the last uh, two weeks? Well, we all had 4th of July and all that good stuff. And then I Don got lost. Did we in come a maze? back after Fourth of July? I can't remember. No, no. You got lost in a maze of storage units. Yes, I got lost in the new Cube Center down in Cape Coral, Florida. Um, after about four and a half days, they found me on the thirteenth floor, back in the deep catacombs, curled up in a ball, sucking on a dead rat with my thumb and my. Anywho, <laughs> um, let's see where to get caught up. As you all know, Carrie blew out her ankle and her knee. Um, on July 4th, no, I'm sorry, before that, four weeks ago today or yesterday, whatever that was, so a long-ass time ago, like end of June, I think, uh, maybe long, July 1st, long, give or take. Long time ago. Um, has not got any better. Um, last week, the doctor took a big-ass syringe and uh, drained 15 cc's of blood and funk out of her kneecap, awesome. hoping that possibly, maybe, perhaps, that... By draining the blood out of said kneecap, she would be able to open her leg. Think about kind of like a garden hose or a straw full of fluid. You can't really bend it, but as the fluid leaks out, you get range of motion. That didn't fix a goddamn thing. So um, that was a trip to the doctor, and uh, the pain that she woke up the next morning after having a needle gouged around in your muscle tissues as he tried to find the... We all remember the scene from uh, There Will Be Blood... When he claims he will drink your milkshake because he's just going to plant from the side and go in horizontally with a straw and drink your milkshake. That's basically what the doctor was doing with the needle. He had it in her, he had it in the ground and he was just going side to side through all the muscle tissue until he found her pocket of oil, if you will, and started sucking it out. He probably could have got another 15 cc's out below the kneecap, but uh, she was in so much pain even with the, the medicine that they uh, shot her up with it. Uh, from the service surface came a bubble and <laughs> i actually said that in the doctor's office i was like "Ooh, struck i was like texas tea he didn't find me amusing um i'll show myself out so that was going on and then my dad was selling his house um it's crazy he was telling me like i don't know shortly after melody passed away he was considering selling his house and he got it appraised like i don't know like 133 something this was before the market blew up this was before covid and then somewhere along the line someone decided to build a mansion across from his house and so the property value just tripled and so he basically got while the getting was good the pin while the pulling was good and it was one of these deals that was as is um take it flip it do whatever the hell you want with it but he had to be out by a certain date and it came down to like three days prior to that and so that's why i got stuck and lost in the catacombs of the storage units of cape coral because we um 
I moved Monday and got home and did What's the Scuttlebutt. And then Tuesday, we had to cancel the show because I was there until 11.30 that night. And the plan was we were just going to bump the show to Wednesday. And 8.45 rolled around. I'm still in the catacombs of the deep, dark, scary place of the storage unit. And I'm like, there's no way. I'm not going to be able to get home. And at this point, why bump it to Thursday and then do a show four days later on Tuesday? So that's why we pushed it till today. And that's where we put up a uh, old episode of the Waterman and D-Train featuring the long-lost Dave. So if you guys missed that, that is up. Um, and Lost is not a... No, I literally... The last, euphemism either. The last time... No, I'm not drinking Larceny straight from the bottle. I had a corner left, and so I just poured my Coke into the jar and switched it around so I could get every little last bit left. So he's not as tough as he's making some... But I have not heard be. or seen hide or hair of Dave. But when did COVID actually go into pl- effect? April? May, May? March. March. March of 2020. So it was like the... It was like the last week of February before it was like two weeks before they announced COVID. Um, he was going through some family stuff. He was up in Jacksonville and uh, basically we agreed that he needed to focus on his family and take some time off. And um, that was it. No hide, no hair, no, I haven't even gotten a, you know, a Facebook message of, yo, I saw Dave, you know, asking for gas money at the gas. No, like he's nowhere to be found. So that is that. Um, a little sad news, speaking of my days in radio, long, 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 long time ago, before the win, before the Stan and Haney show, I got part of a little show that some of y'all know um, called the Liz Wild Show, and um, I was a listener and a frequent caller under the gnome de plume of Donnybrook, which was the name Mickey, the producer slash co-host gave me at the time. Were you also referred to as Lightning Rod? No. It was just uh, Donnie Brook. At the, it was Liz Wild was the host. Mickey was the producer. I mean, uh, the co-host slash producer. And then a guy named Jimmy, who was known as Tallulah Tripod, was their producer and uh, editor. And then the board op was Double D Dave Devereaux, who's been around the radio around here forever and a year. So back then, we had recently opened up at Computers, had a fleet van, only had AM, FM radio. That's right, kids. This was so long ago that CD was considered an upgrade. Uh, no MP3. But no yet Bluetooth. it was still in the 2000s. No Bluetooth. This was a 2002 Chevy fleet van. It's the fleet van you see rolling around with all the primer falling off because they had bad primer, so the paint just falls off to the metal. You know, I thought maybe it was a Florida Sun thing, and then I Googled like a couple years back. 2002 Chevy fleet van paint flaking off. And I found a video of a guy in North Dakota in the wintertime, and it was just pulling off like sheets of paper. So it wasn't a Florida sun thing. It was a bad primer thing. Don't know how GM ever got around not recalling those. But to this day, you can see the occasional uh, CenturyLink van or Comcast van or a Cox van where you'll just see nice gray metal (laughs) or primer for that matter. But so anywho, I would listen. You know how how distressed wood is a thing? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's been a thing since about 2005. Same thing with uh, distressed vans. You actually pay four times as much. Yeah, but that's when they actually paint the fake rust on there, not when you literally see, like, ob- like oh, almost like redneck. Is authentic, right? It's, it's like redneck uh, homemade camouflage. <laughs> it just blotches a gray shit from where the paint falls off in squares. <laughs> and so, anyhow, I would listen to AMFM radio from the day I started work until the end of the day, which would include morning shows, afternoon shows, Stan and Haney, and that. Liz Wilde came on at evening times. So long story short, I started talking to them, calling in all the time, became a frequent guest. And then I went out bowling with them. And when you called in, was that by a can and string? Yeah. 
pretty much. Okay. Um, called in via can and string. I think it was actually a um, progressive soup can. Progresso soup can. Um, I couldn't quite afford the Campbell's Chunky back then, so it was. The you didn't just get the white can that just said soup on it. No, I had a little more money than that. The funny thing is, I was looking for the video that I posted on my D Train page, where I was at, down in the ghetto in front of the sign that just said store on it, because I want to post it on my TikTok. But I'm, I'm trying to find that. Facebook doesn't make it easy to find your own videos. Anyhow, long story short, um, the first time, the first episode I booked a guest was the day, and the first day I was going to be in studio on air as a contributor to the show was the day they got fired from radio so that never happened i'd been in studio a handful of times um participating in conversation but the first time i'd actually booked a guest and done some producing for free was the day they got fired the reason i bring all that up is at the time the stan and henny producer was a guy named leroy van zant that was his on-air name um nice guy Leroy jenkins and um during that time, I actually moved in with Mickey and Liz, and I was their roommate. And to save, you know, privacy and this and that, just say at a certain point, Lee and Annie ended up getting married, and mm-hmm. then they moved up to Bradenton. Um, I was shocked to find out a few weeks ago when this story came down the line: man killed by gar- uh, garbage truck in Manatee County, described as a creative and kind. Tampa, Florida, Manatee County deputies said they are investigating a man's death after he was killed in an industrial accident Tuesday evening. The Manatee County Sheriff's Office said that the Waste Pro employee, Leroy Firestone, 58, was performing maintenance on the hydraulics of a garbage truck. Firestone was standing on a ladder when the hydraulic blade slashed door. Now, this is where I'm confused. It says on the side of the truck closed. Is that... I always thought the hydraulic well, the hydraulic was, arms go up along the side of the truck. Yes, but they refer to it as a blade slash door. The door's on the back, is it not? I've never seen a side There's door on a truck. so many different garbage trucks out there. But anyhow, the blade slash door on the side of the truck closed on his head, according to the sheriff's office. These are the worst fears is that somebody gets trapped while they are working on something like that. It's just horrible, said Randy Warren, MSCO public information officer. The worker died at the scene, deputy said. And you guys can go on and read more about that. But it was crazy because I knew him. Not only did I know him through Stan Haney because he was a producer, but like I said, at a certain point, him and Annie became, got, became married. And so he was around our house quite a bit. And um, I met quite a few through, people through him. So that is a devastatingly heartbreaking story. But it's just it's so goddamn sad um, to hear that and we've said before um you just never you just never know you know it's cliche for a reason you never know when something horrible and unplanned is going to happen kind of like you know gordon's friend ed he befriended a what some people claimed was a schizophrenic semi-homeless street kid and tried to do the decent thing and be the good guy and that relationship went south and that resulted in horrible things happening to Ed and then having his body disposed of. And so you just never goddamn know. And so I actually have a similar story to that. My, uh, a friend that I knew in middle school, uh, Austin, he, uh, you know, I, I grew up playing drums and things like that. Um, you know, music and whatnot. And he was a drummer as well. And we were both in band together and, and, uh, found out was it been uh three years ago four years ago now uh he ended up passing away he was driving down i think 
I-95 on the other coast and ended up somehow colliding with a, uh, what's that, uh, stuff on the road. I can't think the, of the, the name. The guardrails? <laughs> K-rail? Jersey barrier? No, 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 no. The, the actual road material. The blacktop material. Oh, the, um. The asphalt, the aggregate asphalt. He collided, ended up colliding with an asphalt truck somehow that wow. had hot asphalt in oh, it. Geez. And he had his sunroof open and it ended up going into the sunroof and he ended up, uh, that's what ended up killing him was the hot asphalt. Oh, um, oh dear God. But uh, yeah, it, just like you said, you, you never know. I was coming across midpoint. That's some final destination shit right there. Yeah, it's scary. I, I was coming across midpoint bridge one time and it was shut down. Turned out somebody wasn't paying attention and rear-ended one of those cement mixers that was being towed behind a truck at full speed and just completely destroyed their car. Yep. Mm-hmm. But on a lighter note, uh, a lighter note. To be fair, I'm not one of these people who jumps on idiocracy claiming it's this great movie. <laughs> I probably would have enjoyed it. A lot more a few years ago, but the first time I had actually seen it was during COVID after everybody saying, this is the way the world's going. Wow, this is the predictable well, movie. What's amazing is I've been hearing that for about a, since it pretty much came out. <laughs> the reason I'm bringing it up is I was listening to an interview with, um, oh, Jesus Christ, what the hell is his name? Mike Judge. Mike Judge. And he was talking about when they were filming the movie, the early um, demos got bad reviews and so the movie company kind of cut their special effects budget and so he was trying to make this futuristic movie with all these props and all the special effects on a shoestring budget and in his script he he had described that the people of the future wore the world's ugliest shoes they were just dumb ugly ass just goofy ass shoes and so that's he, anything in the 90s right uh early i think he said he wrote it in 2001 and so he's talking about how shoes. everybody in the future wears these world's ugliest shoes. And here's a fun fact. Go ahead, while you guys are listening along, go ahead and Google idiocracy sh- uh, dumb shoes. <laughs> and he was saying that the uh, wardrobe lady came to him and said, hey, I got an idea of how we can save you money. We don't have to come up with these shoes. There's this Kickstarter for this up-and-coming company, and they make the world's ugliest shoe. <laughs> You will not believe how ugly these shoes are. And she showed him a picture. And he's like, wow, those are god-awful. These are perfect for the ugly shoe of the future in this land of dumb people because this is <laughs> – and he was like, we never thought this shoe company would pick up. It was a starter company. We... It was Crocs. <laughs> everybody in that movie – and you never realize it now. If you go back and look at the screenshots, everybody in that movie is wearing orange Crocs with the exception of the president. And so the up the the up upstart company with the makes these ugly stupid shoes that he thought would go out of business was Crocs, and so everybody in that movie is wearing orange Crocs. And who knew that? Well, that company's still around and still blowing up and still selling styrofoam shoes ever, for fifty now bucks. Now they're putting things on them. What do you call that? In That's been cult? going on a while now. I know, but I'm seeing it more and more. It's uh, well, I don't know if it's I don't know if. The Croc Kingdom is spreading worldwide, but as me and Mike have been down here in the swamps for a long time, Crocs have been popular because, and where I wear my knockoff Crocs is <laughs> where I think is the perfect use for Crocs is boating and fishing. I can wear them in the kayak. They get soaking wet. They dry out. Mike has a pair there. 
And so I have seen people putting the little snapping dilly boppers on their Crocs for at least 10, 12 years. But I'm hearing now people are seeing it more and more over on the West Coast. But that, that has been going on. I, I'm going to steal a line, for, a joke from Adam Carolla. Go ahead. Crocs are like getting blown by a dude. They feel good until you look down and realize you're gay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just I was laughing when he was saying that, you know, the company they chose, this perfect shoe that they didn't have to develop and spend money on that was already in existence. The world's dumbest shoe was Crocs, and here we are <laughs> wearing them 21 years later. I can proudly say that nary a Croc has touched my foot or a generic. I, I was in that camp. I was in that camp up until last summer when I almost broke my ankle for the 14th time trying to walk down a dirty-ass rutted boat ramp in flip-flops. Because what happens is the heel of the flip-flop goes this way, your toes are still stuck, and you and they, and so after like almost break, and then with my Adidas thing, same thing, my Adidas slip-ons. So and so I'm worse? like, I'm going to go to Walmart and get some Crocs. If they fall off my kayak, they float. They have the little strap for, you know, off-roading. And they are a... You got to put it in four-wheel drive. Huh? I'm sorry. Crocs are ugly, but they are great utilitarian shoes, especially when it comes to water-based what stuff. About, what's worse? Those are Tevas. Tevas... Well, see, here's the thing. Tevas and Crocs are about the same price point. Now, Tevas are like, what are those? You know, us old folks remember, they're big in the 90s. Those were the, the yeah, all-terrain really sandals that the too. hikers and the hippie kids wore. Not the mm. ones that look like Jesus sandals, but the one that look like... Um, bracelet webbing <laughs> strapped to a high-end yes. sole. Interestingly enough, Tiva and Crocs are basically about the same price point, about 50 bucks for a rubber shoe, which is why I wear $10 ones from Walmart. So to answer your question, they don't make a $10 Tiva ripoff, so I wear the $10 Crocs from Walmart. Cause See, I can't even keep slides on my feet. They all pop off, so I'm afraid that you know Crocs are just kind of do the Crocs same actually, ha and the ripoffs, they actually have uh, grippies on the inside. I'm sure Mike can show you his. Now, they have the little first, speed bumps to keep them from sliding off. Crocs, when I first saw them, they reminded me of when I clogs. worked in... Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, they're just clogs. Well, you, yeah, clogs that chefs would wear in a kitchen. Mm -hmm. With the holes, except with holes in them. Yeah, the holes would not pass muster with the fine people over at OSHA because you spill some hot, hot water on there. there and... Bob's your uncle. <laughs> but they are a good utilitarian shoe because... Like I said, especially when it comes to water, you know, you can wear tennis shoes, but then they get soaked, and then if you don't dry them, they get mildewy. And Crocs, you can just kick them off your feet in the garage and go about your day. I will say, for the price point, I would, which I've already proven, I've had two pairs now. But if you ask me, then what you would you have had one pair of Crocs? No, uh, if you ask me, what would you rather spend fifty dollars on a pair of Crocs or a pair of Hey Dudes? Uh, hey Dudes is the way to go. So. Yeah. He just wants to say, hey, dude. Hey, dude. Did you ever see that video I sent you where they were doing uh, uh, boating right below the dam and they're fishing with the striper? No. I think yeah, maybe. It was a YouTube video I sent you a week or two ago. So there's an area there that I actually like to try to do some kayaking because the water's still decent below the dam uh, as, it, as it needs to be. And they've got some... Hot springs you can access by a kayak. They've got a, a cave that's got all emerald colored water. But this guy pulled up. This is the same people who did the, uh, they're called Sin City Outdoors or Bass yep. Fishermen. I saw the video. And then uh, he pulled up in no time at all, like a 30 pound striper. 
I was going to say, if you're, if you've never fished in Vegas, now all the time in Lake Mead, because you got all the fish that occupied that big ass lake, now they're all condensed in a shallow lake. And I didn't realize now there's the a time, shit ton of tilapia in there. I was going to say, now the time is to start fishing that lake because they have nowhere to go and they're on top of each other. Yep. May have to try it out when it cools off. It's a bit warm right now, only 110 degrees. Uh, real it's a dry heat. Yeah, so is an oven. Real quick, for those of you who watch us on YouTube, we're like, hey, uh, what happened to the last episode? Why is that video not up on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Did well, you get copyright strike? Well, interestingly enough, we played a song. Mm-hmm. This song happened to be a little song entitled 1-800-SUICIDE, and it was from the Tales from the Crypt Bordella of Blood soundtrack. And I had mentioned that if you go on Spotify and look for the Tales from the Crypt Bordella of Blood soundtrack, that song is in, in fact, have been removed from the soundtrack because of the subject matter. Heaven forbid adults can't make decisions on what type of music they can listen to. Now, we have played music on this podcast before. We can't even keep them shooting up fucking balls right now. And we have gotten our pee-pee smacked. But usually when we get our pee-pee smacked, it just says that this video is not available for monetization. No big deal. None of our videos are currently. And it also says that these videos cannot be played in certain countries. But no, no strikes, no fouls, no nothing. Just thought we'd let you know. I don't know if it's because of the subject matter of the song that we played. I don't know if 1-800-SUICIDE has a different copyright on it, but because we played that song, they will not let our video... They didn't mute it. They didn't take it out. They just... Our video cannot be viewed on YouTube. So that entire episode, as far as YouTube is concerned, is G-O-N-E gone. Um, So that's fun. So you can pick it up on your regular podcast platform, such as Spotify, Stitcher, and any other place you find uh, Apple, I, fine Apple, and not-so-fine podcast. Apple Podcast and such. We, we definitely prefer, you know, you guys listen to Apple Podcasts and or Spotify just so that we can get higher numbers on those two. Um, and besides, do yourself a favor. Google Play, for whatever god-awful reason, when you pause it and you come back and kick it off, it starts from the beginning all over again. Still don't know why we've tried doing the show. I think it has to do with a listenership thing because <sighs> if you listen to, like, some of the bigger podcasts, that's not a problem. Well, I don't listen to anything on Google Podcasts anymore. I listen to everything on Spotify and yep. or Stitcher or um, the I migrated pretty apps. much over to Spotify. I think you get everything there now. So that's I had all a, I listen to. I had an epiphany the other day. Gordon, let's go back in the way back sled. Slide on down the hill. Let's roll back to the nineties and the early two thousand. Is 2000s. this a plastic sled or is this the one with the metal runners? Uh, this is going to be the round disc with the spray Clark Griswold oh, style on it. That what just, about the roofing material we've tried? Remember that? Yeah, the white rubber material. Mm-hmm. But that was too hard because it was like trying to get down a ski slope on a carpet. It had no rigidity it to it. Fast that it was. Um, we're going to slide on back to the past. There was a terminology that Howard Stern used quite a bit. And it was a terminology that was describing one's poor work ethic and or participation or um, completion of a job. Do you remember what that phrase was? This person is really blanking it in today. Phoning it in. Yes. Remember that phrase, Mike? Sounds familiar. Maybe a little yeah. before your That's time. That's when but they that was just a, take calls from callers. All well, not only that, but it was all... Oh, you know, you could be building ambulances or on a construction site, and the guy comes in hungover. He does ha- just half-ass his job. Does like, 
damn, Bob really phoned it in today. It was just a, a, a slang for someone half-assing our job. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to 2021 and 2022, and people still refusing to come to work, and they're demanding that they work from home. And I actually have a client who's actually moving all their stuff to the cloud and getting rid of their office because all the young cats they're hiring do Are not they- want to come to the office. Zooming it in. And we're complaining about how customer service sucks nowadays. Jesus fucking Christ. Don't um, even you call that. your internet provider. You call your phone support. You call anybody. You go to a restaurant. Literally, people are literally phoning it in, and it's fucking noticeable. No one wants to put in a full work effort at work, and goddamn is it noticeable. The phrase phoning it in had never more... <laughs> perfect reason why a lot of these bigger companies are saying if fuck you working at home you're coming back to the office yeah and some of them are fighting it and i'll tell you right now somebody did it i just turned 44 thought i was 45 but turned out i got to relive my 44s again and me and my co-worker who is 51 we both made a career change late in life and before i made that career change i was talking to gordon and i was concerned that my age may be a factor and then I got and I got to tell Gordon, I said, well, you know, maybe with the great resignation that happened in 2021 with all the Generation Zs and the, the late age millennials refusing to work that maybe business owners are going to look for the, you know, the younger Gen Xers, the people in their 40s and early 50s, because we have that work ethic. And it seems to be the way of it is because all the new people in my business are old ass fucks such as myself. So if you're an older gentleman such as myself or Gordon and you're thinking about doing a career change, but you're concerned that maybe your age might be a factor, first and foremost, as we always suggested today when he was part of this show, don't quit your job first. It is always. You ever. Remember, Mike, when you're in high school and you're single and you could not get a girlfriend to save your fucking life? And then you got a girlfriend? Speak for yourself. <laughs> Play along. No. And then I when didn't you, have that problem. And then when you got a girlfriend, it seemed like other girls were more interested in you? And you're like, how come girls seem to be more no. interested in me when I have a girlfriend than when I was single? I think it's just it, Being, well, every time I was in a relationship with somebody or had a girlfriend or something like that, it, it, it seemed as though you're right. They mm-hmm. were more, you know, all, the, the flock would start coming in. Well, cause you carried and, and all of a sudden. Yeah. I well mean, that, you, and you, if he's just puffed, puffed chest, out a little you, more you the yeah. chest and then, you know, you, yeah. you walk with that swagger a little bit. Well, like, yeah, you that, know and if he's good enough for her, he's good enough for me. Whereas if he's single, what the fuck's wrong with him? No one wants Employers are the he same must way. Be defective. It's easier to find a job when you have a job. When you go into oh, the 100%. interview and you say, yes, I can start, but I need two weeks notice or whatever, three weeks notice. Whereas, gee, Bob, I see you haven't worked in four years. <laughs> They're less likely to hire you. So, so if when you're wanting to make these career changes, don't quit your job first. It is always no. easier to find a job when you have another job because one, you walk in an interview, you're not as desperate because, after all, you already have a job. But two, the employer's like, well, this guy's good enough for this company. He wants to leave. It's probably the company's fault. And unless you're a social reject, you can probably conduct that interview and land the job. So now is yeah. the time to make that transition. Because well, back in aught nine, when everything went to shit, aught eight, aught nine. I mean, the first time? Uh, yeah. So the company I was working for, I'd been there a while. Well, they had a, you had an option. You can either take a 25% pay cut or oh. join all the other schlebs on the unemployment line. 
I said, I'll take my 25% pay cut and I will use it because all these other schlubs are going to stop and then they're going to have a harder time allegedly getting a job later. And we'll use it to get myself out of the field and into the office. I had a goal of being out of the field and into the office by the time I was 40 and I hit it by about, actually by the time I was 45, I beat it by six, six seven years. Nice. Uh, which is good because uh, I really couldn't walk well after the end of a shift because my back uh, my back my neck my back my back which kept me out of court and everything else uh, it kind of fucked me up so uh yeah i also think i also think sticking with a job for you know because you get a lot of people that jump around a lot yes Mm -hmm. the every two year grass is greener a job is not like car insurance it's perfectly acceptable to change car insurance every two years to get the new introductory rate but jobs do not work that way I am of the same mindset, but in my field, I see people jumping all the time. And me and my department head have had this discussion. We say we're not jumpers. And they were like, these people seem to fucking keep making slightly more money and moving up every job they make. Yeah. So I shooting myself in the foot. Are they not look, are people not looking at it as, as well, this guy is stable. He stayed with this company so many years because there is a thought that, you can stay someplace too long. Yes. And, uh, you know. Well, you got to be perfectly. Myself? I don't want to have to start over again on 401k. I don't want to start over again proving vacations. myself. And you know, cetera, more importantly, the old saying, the last hired is first fired when things slow down. So you're losing your seniority on the chopping block. That's a big your thing. Tenure. Especially yeah. if you're well, a teacher here in Southwest Florida. Uh, because I only disagree with that is if that last hired is completely fucking slaying it over everybody well, else. Well, of course that won't example. be the case. But when it comes to yeah. when you got a bunch of gold bricks laying around, he's not who 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 are phoning yeah, it in. I'm a slayer. The last one hired is the first one, especially in school districts like down here. When um, they got rid of tenure, they had to oh. ironically grandfather those in. And I remember when Carrie was starting. And she was within that two or three years, and every year during the summer, her school would lose what they refer to as a unit, i.e. a class. Her principal would be like, I have six teachers who are burnt out, but they're grandfathered in because they have tenured, and then I have, referring to Carrie, one of the best teachers in the district that I may have to let go because we lost a unit because she was the last hired. Luckily, those units would always come back, and eight years later, she's been at the same school, but in the school yeah, district down here... Bullshit move, in my opinion. Yeah, which is why Florida got rid of it, but because of unions, they had to grandfather in, and you know, well, all the people who were already tenured. And what's nice is, even though you know, so I work for a union company, but I tell you what, don't matter how long you've been an electrician, if you suck, you're back on the books. Yep, you're you're down, you're down the road. Speaking of sucking, that would be what I would describe as Florida fishing in late fucking July. <laughs> I went out it doesn't fish. seem like it's the time of the year to fish. Probably a little hot. Bet, and I'm not a fisherman. I bet the fish are a little sluggish. <laughs> I was out fishing out tonight. Out on the bottom somewhere trying I, to stay cool. I fished for two and a half hours tonight testing out my new Cast King Bait Boss tackle bag that fastens around your waist. Talk about alliteration. Yep. Fastens around your waist like a hip pack so you don't, you know. One of the hardest transitions that I've tried to use in book bags, and we've talked about this on the Tackle Your Personal Best podcast, is when you're in a kayak or bass fishing, you have your shit laying around. But when you're seawall fishing, you're walking, you got three poles, you got the... the now, the, is it a seawall when you're on a canal or a lake? If it has a concrete six-foot wall, absolutely. Wouldn't that be mm. on a sea or an ocean? It's just a generic term. Mm. 
It's oh, the lake wall. Lake wall. It's just, just a seat it wall. Fucking wall. <laughs> um, but anyhow, when you're trying to carry your traditional over-the-shoulder pack, it slides off. You're trying to carry a fish pole. So this thing worked great. But anyhow, didn't catch fuck all. Didn't even get a bite. Tried topwater, tried worms, tried brucos, tried um, swim baits. Nothing worked. Anyhow, Sunday, <laughs> Mike took me out on his boat to do some saltwater fishing for the first time. Didn't catch fuck all. He caught two snooks, a mullet perhaps, and a catfish. I'm thinking more it was a bonefish. A bonefish? Quite yeah. possibly. See, we're out of our element because we're bass fishermen in freshwater. Mike's got a boat and transitioning into the saltwater, and it was my first time saltwater fishing. But interestingly enough, we had some interesting yet semi-sad interaction with wildlife. Hold on a second. Kids yelling again because she's not getting her way. Anywho, we were out on. Uh, Don's got a penis on his hat. On the boat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is the penis of the United States that's currently pissing on Cuba. Um, <laughs> that was the old saying. But anyhow, we were fishing and we heard. Gallagher, a, by the way. <laughs> we heard a. What the hell was that? Casting. We hear a. Sorry. <laughs> No, don't think you're fine. What the hell was that? Turn around and we see the saddest example of a Florida wildlife that we would affectionately <laughs> refer to as Doofy the Dolphin. Fucking Doofy. <laughs> now, Doofy the Dolphin apparently had either a run-in with a shark, um, a large mammal, or more than likely a boat prop. Was Doofy missing a few brain cells? Doofy was missing, I would say, a little over a quarter of his dorsal fin. Oof. You could see the scar tissue. And so he came up a lot more to get that breath of air, and he followed our boat in about a foot and a half of water to two feet of water for about an hour. He basically stayed by our boat. Sounds like he's the type of dolphin who may have hit a, been hit by a boat or a prop who never learned his lesson. Well, well, and we, and we were trolling around this, this mangrove island, and we we started out noticed the dolphin, and then you know we just kind of was going around this entire island, and he was just following us the whole way. Oh wow! Like like no like at at most maybe twenty five yards from the boat. And so he so. was sitting there, and we see these jet skis off in the distance. And I have GoPro footage of this. I haven't posted it. Um, they're heading right for a Doofy. Doofy's just sitting in his spot. And this jet ski and Doofy was spinning in circles, freaking out. He, the guy damn near ran his ass over, which is probably how he lost his dorsal fin to begin with is somebody on a small watercraft ran his ass over. So these two jet skis about ran over poor Doofy. And so we fished around with Doofy for about an hour. Then we had to leave him because we had to zip off to a, a new location. And we were fishing a bank. And I think this is after you caught your first snook. Uh, I caught those two snook at the end of the day, I think, right? No, this is after you caught your pinfish. And, um, yeah. we saw this little inlet going down. It was too, too narrow for us to go back in the boat, but we we're casting down there and casting down there. And I see this weight coming towards us and this brown, like little star of this creature kind of looked like a crab. And I was like, what the fuck is that? 
And I thought, well, maybe something had a crab in its mouth because it literally looked, all you could see was just this brown crab-shaped thing, nothing else, and wake. You're like, what the hell is it? It was a manatee and its baby. And the brown thing you're seeing is prop damage on the back of the mother man. It's her scar tissue. Her whole back is just scarred all the hell from boats running over it. And so the two wildlife that we saw were both mutilated by probably boat props. <laughs> it's kind of fucking sad, really. And then we ended up seeing a big-ass manta ray, which was probably six or seven feet wide, just swimming right below us. Yeah, that was only about a two foot of water. Yeah, so we, we saw a lot of cool wildlife. I didn't catch anything. We got rained on, which wasn't that bad. Actually, cool things down. No lightning, no thunder. It was just a, a sprinkle, but... Mike caught um, two snook, and I'm sure he'll get into more detail on that on his next episode of Tackle the Personal Best. But it was my first time, with the exception of when Stan and Dad and I went out shark fishing back when uh, K-Rock was doing their last uh, bass bass tournament thing. So Is that the last one they did? Uh, I'm not sure. Hmm. Well, funny enough. I actually uh, grew up saltwater fishing. Um, wasn't until I moved to North Carolina and moved back that I really kind of got into bass fishing and freshwater fishing in general. Um, I mean, I, I, I've been on a boat since, you know, my, my mother can tell me stories of, you know, being in her belly and, you know, while well, she was pregnant with me and out fishing on the boat and stuff like that. And, and, you know, been out on a boat since i was two years old so there you you go saltwater saltwater fishing is actually my first you know go-to way of fishing and then bass fishing just happened to kind of tag along along the way well gordon and i grew up on my dad's boats and we would do the maybe go out twice a month fishing but we never caught fuck all yeah i think the biggest fish i remember caught the fish smelled dad coming i I swear the biggest fish (laughs) we ever caught was that catfish that i caught that we took home it took like that thing survived a half hour ride home, forty five minute ride home out of water, and took eight blows to the skull with a ball peen hammer before he was able to put it out of its misery so we could eat it. Soak it in some milk, and then. But I don't ever recall there. catching a bass over any real size. I don't. I mean, we did a lot of minnow fishing. We didn't do any, you know, course. I tried the crankbait. I just, I don't think I knew how to use it. Yeah. And f- fishing lures have come a long way in the last 30 some odd years, too. And oh, so, yeah. but yeah. Absolutely. Let's go down to, well, here's something we haven't done in a while. I'm sorry. I got a whole bunch of drama going on in the background that as soon as this podcast Can't is even over, hear it. fucking the world's going to explode. But anyhow, we haven't done one of these in a while. I mean, just the volume here. Oh, wrong way. I hate <clears throat> this new soundboard. They got rid of the volume level, or now it's a circle. Anyhow, it's a pain in the ass. And now for the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. I was just out surfing and I saw something you shouldn't see. There was a woman on a thumb board. She was wearing a very, very tiny thong, and I saw her butthole. Do you think you should have to see a butthole when you go surfing? Because I don't. No. Save your comments about body shaming. I saw her butthole. I went surfing and I saw someone's butthole. 
And this has been the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. Now, if you live in California, it's quite regular. See, half the surfers are probably buttholes, but <laughs> no, say so you. It's quite regular to see mild nudity in the parking lot because people are changing out of their wetsuits and dumping the water jugs they've had in the back of their trucks in the sun all day to to, to off. But to to be out in the water and have someone cut you off and get a close up of their the old brown eye. <laughs> <laughs> the old chocolate starfish is I'm trying to see a butthole as I'm out fishing. We, much to our dismay, discovered that one young... I've seen a taco. I would have taken the taco over the butthole. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, is that we a flounder? Depends on how the taco looks. Yeah, that's true. If the taco looks like uh, roast beef just, that's been hanging open, around for a while. Yeah, don't just open that can of worms and <laughs> you know expect... Perfection on the first try. Should look like it's been blown open with a twelve gauge. <laughs> we found out at the beginning of the show that Mike, no use for last name, has not seen a single episode of Yellowstone, which is sad in and of itself. Yeah. But you know, one of the things Hollywood and Hollywood actor actors and actresses are synonymous with is well, let's be honest, they tend to be hypocritical. Duh. Uh, so this story coming out of. Fox News. Uh, do you have that story? You want to read that story, Mike? You have better pronunciation of people's names. You got the name right. Yeah, sure. Uh, Yellowstone actress charged with felony fraud after collecting nearly $97,000 in disability payments. Coming from Fox News, an it's actress from the, the hit... An actress from the hit TV show Yellowstone has been charged with two felonies after allegedly collecting nearly 97000 through a workers' compensation fraud, even though she was still able to work. Corianka Kilcher, 32, of North Hollywood, has been charged with two felony counts of workers' compensation insurance fraud after she received $96,838 in temporary disability benefits between 2019 and 2021. COVID. That's a good haul. According to the insurance department, Kilcher... And I'm sure she got... COVID relief checks, too. Yeah. According to the insurance department, Kilcher collected the funds for several months while she was working on the set of Yellowstone. Kilcher played Angela Blue Thunder for four episodes that aired in 2020. That is... Kilcher initially started collecting disability insurance after she injured her neck and right shoulder while riding in the production vehicle on the set of Dora in October 2018, the insurance company said. She also denied working the following year, citing several neck pains resulting from the injury the company added. In a statement, the company said Kilcher returned to work and then resumed her disability payments. According to the record, she turned to the doctors and stated receiving disability benefits. Now, I'm not. Hey, kids, you want to watch a new show? It's called Dora Explora Insurance Fraud. Well, you know what's funny? I'm sure how this whole thing came to light is somebody's. This show blew up, right? And somebody's watching it. And like, oh, wow, who's this chick? Some insurance adjuster somewhere. Yep, somebody who was somebody who's filing claims and talking to this chick on the phone and pushing through is like reading the credits. The file. Oh, who's this chick? She's a that name sounds awfully familiar. <laughs> Starts doing some research. Say, wait a minute, this chick's riding horses and being a badass. And I just filed her paperwork to send out her latest check last week. And how many people in the world have probably. I'm not saying it's right. I do not condone it. I think you're assholes if you do it. But do this. It's like almost on brand for people, you know, trying to get away with as much as they can. And, uh, you know, 
stuff Michael like Becker, who represents Kiltra, maintains his client is innocent and that she never received benefits, which she was not entitled to. Third party doctors verified her I injuries. She was say that she has never paid for her her, uh, her four appearances on Yellowstone. Third party doctors verified her injury and entitlements to benefits. Becker said Miss Kilcher was at all times and candid with her doctors and her treatment providers. She was never intentionally accepted benefits that she was not believed was entitled to. Well, ma'am, disability entitled disability checks means that you are. Disabled, and usually when you're disabled, what we like to call out here in Vegas, labeled disabled. When you're disabled, um, usually means you can't work. That's why the government's paying you because you can't find employment. Meanwhile, vets out there can't even get the proper disability that they're owed. Now we don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. (laughs) We don't know (laughs) what her pay was. I mean, we do know that screen actor guilds minimums $12 an hour, but I can guarantee you she was making more than that if she was on Dora the Explorer. But yeah, I saw that and I'm like, ooh, that's going to suck. Funny. Third-party doctors verified her injury and entitlement to benefits. How so that truthful are, is that actually? Well, that's the whole, exactly, but that is the whole purpose of third-party, right? You're, they don't lean one way or the other. They don't work for the state's insurance and they don't work for her insurance. But yep. Yeah, complete yeah, but I, I unbiased believe- party. I believe in Hollywood, and when it comes to the stars and things, there's a lot of shit that goes. All right, we need to get you a, a third-party <laughs> doctor from Louisa, Kentucky. If that's the case, I want a third-party doctor for my veteran benefits. Yeah, I doubt the huh? uh, I doubt the military is going to let it go down that way. <laughs> so, yeah. do you have anything in your news about the shooting, or can we talk about that a little bit? You can go ahead and talk about that. I did not put that in there. I try to just do odd odd news. I don't want to get into the shooting so much. We've all known about it. We all know that it was stopped by a 22-year-old with a concealed carry permit. Who is evidently one hell of a shot, according to the cops. Now, what I want to bring up is um, one of the gentlemen at my work um, considers himself a Democrat. I explained to him he's a 60s Democrat. Therefore, by today's standards, he's a Republican, but he hasn't grasped that yet. All kind of like Joe Rogan's considered a wild conservative now, even though he's a liberal. And due to some life changes, this person has logged himself, ironically, because he is an IT guy, off of all internet, social media stuff. And so he's not really up to date on how insane the progressive left is. Now, I'll stop you right there. I actually think maybe that's what we all should do. No, and I I agree. But for the purpose of the story, what I'm getting to is he's Mm -hmm. not completely up to speed on how insane things got. And the owner of my company I work for is pro-gun, and he actually gave me a sign to hang up in the office that says, Warning, this location is uh, protected by handheld devices, and it's a picture of a XD 9mm subcompact. Also known as a cordless hole puncher. But um, we were telling uh, the Democrat the other day, I said, well, you know, the Democrat is that what he's known as in the office? Yeah. (laughs) And we were telling the other day, you know, well, this, this, Shooting that happened that desk. was... It just says the Democrat. <laughs> the shooting that happened that was thwarted... Well, let's three people did die, but it would have been a hell of a lot Damage worse. was reduced. Damage was reduced. greatly reduced by the fact that there was a quote-unquote good guy on scene with a gun, and he shot the fucker. But we were explaining to Dan, that, uh, or the Democrat, that you won't see the story on too many news feeds because it goes against the narrative. He's like, well, what do you mean? 
and me and the boss explained to him that the extremely far-left progressives don't believe in the good guy with a gun theory. They want all guns to be bad. And all, guns all guns need to be bad. gone. Bad. He's like, really? Bad. I was like, yeah. We didn't get into it. So this morning I saw this headline, and I just took it. I just showed the headlines from Newsweek. And I said, here's exactly what we were talking about. Here's Newsweek, and here's their spin on the story. Here's the actual headline. Good Samaritan, in quotes, who killed mall shooter broke property rules against guns. <laughs> so they Well, you know what's nice? I know at least in the state of Nevada is those no gun signs do not hold legal water. They can ask you to leave and at worst trespass you. But here's That's where it. you get down to paragraph three, and this is where the snarkiness comes out of it. While the armed bystander reportedly had a legal gun permit, the mall's property policy does not permit weapons on the premises. That's thus a soft target, and how many more would have been dead? The mall, the mall is owned by Simon Property Group, oh, and the yeah. group's code of conduct, last updated as of Properties April 2020, lists no weapons as number three. I will proudly say it. Every, every mall is pretty much owned by Simon Properties, and I will proudly make sure that they don't know what's going on with me. While it's unclear that this Samaritan will face any pro- uh, repercussions for breaking the property's policy by carrying a nasty, dirty old gun, Greenwood Mayor Mark Myers praised this person in a statement Sunday night saying, someone, someone we were calling a good Samaritan was able to shoot the assailant and stop mm-hmm. further bloodshed. As of us here at Newsweek, we wish this fucker would die too. No, I'm sorry, I added that. So I've... I've I knew that Simon Properties was an anti-weapon deal, but what's interesting, at least the ones out here, is you don't see the no gun logo. You actually have to walk up to the sign that says property rules and read all the way through it. That's the mm, only place it's at. Not the store for T-Mobile. They got the big-ass no oh, gun T-Mobile. logo. <laughs> Again, in most states, probably the same way, that doesn't hold legal water. You know? Yeah, just give you a trespass rule. Or, or they'll politely ask you to disarm, leave and disarm, but yeah. I mean, it's legal in Nevada to be armed in a casino. Now, they figure out your arm. They're probably usually, you can actually check the weapon with them, hmm. which is probably safer than leaving it in your vehicle. But, yep. Where did that go? And you can also be in a bar as long as you're not point above point zero eight, which was just brought down from point one zero. And, and and have your sidearm on you. Here in the state of Florida, you cannot be in the if you you can't go to any place that serves alcohol. If you go like Chili's to pick up to go order, you have to wait for it out either at a table or in the lobby. Mm, so who really is news in and shit? Still. Now here's Gordon with some news and shit. Gordon, how you doing tonight? Oh, fuck, we ran right into that one quick. No, we're actually an I'm hour good. into this podcast. Believe it already. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm good. As soon as I found my news and shit, where'd my fucking article go? I'll buy you some time. Oh, news and shit. Hold on. News and shit. I'm having now a problem. Now here's Gordon with some news there and shit. There it is. All right. We got it. We're going to start off in a place called Sitka, Alaska. Where's that? You know, it's in Alaska. Thank you. You know nothing about this if I ask, if they ask you. Bubble so a blind <clears throat> older dog... Found in Alaska three weeks after it wandered off. A little feel-good story for us all. Alaska family, well, they had given up hope on finding their blind elderly golden retriever. Named Lucky. Must have saw a squirrel. Oh, wait, he's blind. Um, 
Smelt it. Who wandered away from their home three weeks ago. But a construction crew found Lulu in some salmon berry bushes mm, salmon after initially confusing her for a bear. One Lulu was bear. barely alive after being found Tuesday, but she is currently being nursed back to health while uh, back at home with her family, according to the Daily Sitka Sentinel. She means cool. everything, according to Ted Kubariki. I have five daughters, and they range from four to 13. They've spent every day of their life with that dog. The Kubriki family searched for weeks after Lula wandered off on June 18th. Aww. She's just so helpless. Uh, you can kind of imagine that she can't go real far because she can't see. Ah, don't ever tell the dog's sense of smell and hearing. Mm-hmm. It Sense didn't help when the family was subject to a, it was the subject of a terrible joke when somebody claimed they found Lula a few days into the search because people suck. We put the kids to bed uh, and got a text saying we found your dog or I have your dog or we're like Who oh my god this is that? incredible. And then the person texted me just kidding. Uh, Fucking trolls. Put that you, phone you number on what? the internet. You deserve punched. I was going to say put that I'm phone sorry. number on the internet. Yeah, I don't care what age you are. If you're that kind of person, you deserve. Swift kick to the Did dick. Come up, it's, it's you know. So uh, we're you know uh, blah blah blah. So after searching weeks, family gave up hope. But then the construction crew that spotted Lula lying in the brush alongside a road not far from their home, which was basically 15 meters down an embankment, hmm. and uh, they collided. 15 they, meters. Again, it's fucking Alaska. Use feet. They got. They realized it was a dog. It's Alaska, not fucking Canada. A. Eh? No one knows what 15 meters is. Although alive, Lulu was in bad shape. The 80-pound dog had dropped 23 pounds since she was lost. She was dehydrated, dirty, and her fur was, well, matted. But Lulu was saved, and uh, a family is much happier. Now we're going to go all the way from the furthest northwestern state of the United States to the furthest southeastern state of the United States. The dick of the country. The dick of the country. Hopefully you make it there on time before this story and your luggage does not get lost. <clears throat> Crestview, Florida. Florida deputies, well, they, they had to use a taser to stop a man who tried to avoid arrest by fleeing from them. You're going to get oh. me, copper. Okay, so they got to use a they got to use this taser. This guy's trying to flee. They're doing good. They're not. They're using non-lethal. How fast could this guy be running? Did you say well, Crestwood, Florida? Huh? Crestwood? Crestview. Okay, I was like, where the fuck's Crestwood? He was fleeing on a riding lawnmower. <laughs> Does that really take a taser? It seems like a quick tackle or grab would. Pull Have you the guy seen off, but... Florida police? They're not exactly. Um, Examples of physical fitness. Well, and maybe it's the county, the Ukaloosa, Ukaloosa oh, County. This place is borderline fucking Alabama. It's up in the <laughs> Panhandle. It's north of Destin. It's literally, you, it's literally right across the border from Rome, Alabama. Well, according to the sheriff's office, they said they was trying to serve an arrest warrant on the forty-year-old man and found him on a mower in his backyard. You can't catch me, copper, as Don said. They shouted at him to stop and get on the ground. I bet he had a Budweiser in his hand. And when he tried to escape on the mower, the deputies chased him on foot before using their taser. 
And I imagine this is all flat ground, too. There's probably not a hill to be found. Yeah, if you're on 10 East heading towards Louisiana, you're going to drive dead nuts through Crestview to stop off at McDonald's and get some gas. It's right on off of Interstate 10 East or West. Check this out, though. When he was finally caught, deputies found him with a revolver, a handcuff key, and a pipe with a little bit of that methamphetamine residue in it. He is now facing charges of grand theft, grand theft of a vehicle, felony criminal mischief, two counts of resisting an officer, a count of possessing possession of a concealed wep- weapon by a convicted felon, and carrying a handcuff key. Are you? you Crestview is a city in felon. Oskaloosa County, Florida, the United States, population of a whopping 27,134. So chances are everybody in the town knows this guy. So is carrying a concealed handcuff key an actual problem? Yes, if it's um, a handcuff key that fits actual Leo grade some, 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 keys. Yeah, yeah handcuffs. that's true. Not if it's you not got the, the one the from the flea market, that yeah. For the whole lady, yeah, not those. It's it's the one that actually fits police handcuff keys. So uh, from Crestview, Florida, we're going to skip right over to a place called Saint Cloud, Florida. Saint Cloud, not Minnesota, but Florida. Eh? Traffic on Florida's a turnpike stopped moving because we're Oof, fucking punny for several hours Monday. Well, why? Because a cattle hauler caught fire. Mmm, steak. Where the fuck is this place? Uh, a dozen of cows blocked the roadways, according to authorities. Uh, the hauler semi-cab began to catch fire shortly before noon in Saint, near St. Cloud, which is located south of Orlando, in case you're looking. Well, it's you ever heard of to- East Lake Topa? T-O-H-O-P-E-K-A-L-I-G-A? Mike. Oh, that's just go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, it's one of those goddamn Native American names we can't pronounce. You ever heard of that place? It's not Lake Okeechobee. What's it called? You want to make me spell it again? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't hear you the first time. It's called ah. East Lake T-O-H-O-P-E-K-A-L-I-G-A Topa Topa Topicalia? Yeah, something That like may that. be it. And if that wasn't if that wasn't hard enough, that's East Topolica. There's actually a Lake Topolica down in the west. <laughs> Is it next to Lake Titicaca by chance? Nope. Oh, Titicaca. Damn. Wrong country. Anyway, there was about seventy cows uh, once they opened the, do- the the flaming tractor trailers doors that uh, wandered around on the freeway trying to escape the flame and smoke. A uh, local fire department responded to the extinguished a fire. No injuries were reported of man nor beast. And the cattle hauler was towed from the scene. Florida's turnpike was closed in both directions. Traffic was diverted for nearly four hours of inconvenience to people as uh, officers dealt with the fire and rounded up the cattle. They do not currently know what caused truck fire. So uh, we all live in kind of touristy destinations. Boy, do we. What's that? I said, boy, do we. Jerome, Arizona. I think it's one of our cousin's favorite places to visit. Police is using an old Arizona mining town that gets a million tourists annually. And they're warning residents. What are they warning residents? They're warning them to stop yelling at visitors or they can face harassment charges. We need that money that's coming in from the snowbirds. So don't be harassing them, you sons of bitches. 
Well, Jerome, with a huge population of 450 people. Wow. Ooh. It's like Big Sky in the offseason. Was once home to one of Arizona's largest copper mines and is now a hub for artists. Oh, boy. Tourists take in its scenic views. It's like and Matt visit stores. I need to drive down there. That's like probably two hours from here. Uh, and visit stores and bars along the winding mountain road. That passes through it. Something tells me that it's going to be near Flagstaff. I'm going to guess. But Jerome police say on Facebook this week that it has come to our attention that some people visiting our fine town on short visits and using lawful short-term parking passes are being yelled at or having notes left on their vehicles by local residents. How long did that word take to spread when you got a population of 400 people? I had more people (laughs) in my graduating class than that. Yeah, me too. Yelling and also warn yelling at or leaving notes could, in some cases, constitute harassment under Arizona revised statutes. Mm-hmm. Drone is located about 110 miles north of Phoenix. Man, I nailed it. That's in our Flagstaff, and is des- was designated a national historic district in 1967. Residents who think people may have violated parking regulations are asked to contact police. So now that we've got a got out of the sticky icky of uh, Florida, and we went to the dry desert lands of Arizona, we we figure we want some more humidity. So back to Florida we go, Charlotte County, Florida. Ooh, a North Fort Murs. How you say that, Don? North Fort Mur. Fort Mur. Fort Mur. Fort Mur. I heard you pissed off people when you say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, A North Fort Myers man has been arrested after driving through an active Florida Highway Patrol investigation while intoxicated, of course. FHP, or the Florida Highway Patrol, was conducting a traffic homicide investigation on US 41 yesterday. Tammy Trail. During their investigation, apparently both lanes were closed. However, just. This guy may be actually from Cape Coral. A white Kia (laughs) disregarded law enforcement and the flashing lights of their vehicles and proceeded to attempt to pass through the median. Troopers were able to stop the vehicle. Yeah, I'm sure it got stuck. uh, And identify the driver as one Terry Thomas Carlton. Do that fucking Carlton. Terry. Uh, following an investigation, which apparently was pretty short, apparently, troopers yeah. found that Carlton's license was suspended for being a habitual Bow. traffic offender. Oh, not a traffic <sighs> Now, they also a- discovered an open bottle of Crown Royal and a plastic bag containing, what is it? What is the Florida man's favorite drug of choice? Um... Um, not, it used to be meth. meth? No, now methamphetamine. It's, well, that's, no, the new one is uh, fentanyl, but yep, he's old school. After a field sobriety <laughs> test, Carlton was placed under arrest and has been charged with driving under the influence and felony drug. One position. can make the argument that if he's a reoccurring traffic offender, that the state would smile upon that because he pays a shit ton of money in fees and court cost and everything else hey we're not going to take your license or anything but just uh you know keep it up we need to generate the revenue that's how it works down here like if you get a motorcycle ticket you just as long as you pay the money the ticket and pay the money for the uh, traffic school they don't put points on your license they just let you keep it 
So you keep jumping around. <laughs> You're not going to kill anybody. You'll just be under a splat. Yep. Ain't that right, motorcycle uh, Mike? you got yourself a Bebop. Bebop and blueberries. Uh, Licky Lickopolis. The <laughs> nose cleaner. Is that it? Not done for the news? That was four stories. This concludes the evening news, and now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. Formerly ACT Computers, i got to fix that one. Ooh, yeah. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the What's in Your Head podcast. Thank you guys so much for continuing to hang out. If you want to support the show even more, please head over to d-410.com or whatsinyourhead.com and click on that Patreon link and like and subscribe and sign up. It only costs you a dollar a month. And while you're there, click on the merch link and order yourself a sweet-ass T-shirt. We got a shit ton of them to choose from. And please head over to YouTube and watch some of our video content. Mike has just recently uploaded episode number six of the Tackle Your Personal Best podcast. You can find that at uh, uh, d-410.com as well. We're going to work on getting him a domain name instead of using TB or what? what is it? PB? PB oh, and you're a horrible host. <laughs> pbbaits.d410.com Yeah, it's a subdomain of d-hyphens. Just go to d-410.com, click on the link, and it'll take you right there, and you can uh, listen to all the shows and uh, as well as download them through Google, Spotify, etc., etc. That is the Tackle Your Personal Best podcast with Mike, no use for a last name, and his partner, Ron. And I think that's going to wrap up this episode. I'm going to go ahead and hit this and mute the mics because... World War Three is about to kick off here in the house because, well, the kid continues to do things the kid's not supposed to do. So until we see you all this time next week, thank you guys so much, and uh, we'll see you then.